Hello and welcome to Let the Bird Fly, a podcast about living freely in a world given back to us. This is Wade here in the new podcast studio. Um, we had to take a small pilgrimage down the hall, um, but it's starting to look more like a podcast studio. We still have to put up a meme wall, um, but it's getting there. And we are going to, uh, our topic today, our game even you might say, is going to be pastoral potpourri. And we have two pastors with us who will join in. And the way it will work is I came up with roughly 14 to 16, depending on if you count the bonus questions, um, ideas to throw out. And we go back and forth for maybe five minutes or so. We'll see how things go. And the way it will work is... Can, we, can I jump in here? No, I have... What's my next bullet point after topic, Mike? I, I wasn't paying attention. On um, the thing I gave you, what's my next bullet point? Introduce guests. Okay, respect the outline, John. We haven't seen an outline, have we? <laughs> no, we haven't. Uh, but what we'll do, it's so that it's not just a bunch of my questions, is Mike and I are going to bounce back. We're going to pick one, then Mike will pick one, and we'll join in it because we might pick it because we have something to say, uh, but that's going to be pastoral potpourri in what I will consider a continuation of our Backyard episode series where we're discussing applied theology, pastoral theology, even though we are not in a backyard. So I apologize for the lack of uh, beer and breeze and the cicadas in the background. Um, we are, I'm going to switch two things in the uh, outline there, Mike. We are part of the 1517 Podcasting Network. Um, we are uh, fans of 1517 because they uh, they publish our stuff between Mike and I. We have several books with 1517. Uh, Mike has done an academy thing with them. Um there's a lot you can check out at 1517.org. And a reminder, if you haven't, subscribe, rate, review, share, all that stuff helps us a lot for some reason. I was telling Michael the other day, you might re recall me telling you this, Michael, um, that our downloads this week, for some reason, have shot up. Um, I'm assuming maybe it's the addition of our new professor, Professor Oakland, and the great uh, Jason Dale development uh, and that connection. Um, not sure why, but part of that is uh, we have a lot of reviews on iTunes and stuff like that helps. So please subscribe, rate, review, share. And then finally, I just want to share with you guys something that happened today that gave me a bit of hope. It was a long day. It was not a very hopeful day on a variety of fronts. And uh, this evening, something that gave me a little bit of hope for 2021 and the kids these days. Um, I parked in the parking lot by the library because it requires the least effort for me to walk to my office. Um, and as I was getting out, there were uh, some of our, our students, uh, dare we say, Michael, scholars? Not, not, not Some of them not yet, but yeah. And, uh, and since they were doing this, I would say maybe even scholar athletes. <laughs> um, they were playing uh, not universal Frisbee, well, ultimate Frisbee. Ultimate Frisbee. Universal Frisbee would be pretty cool. Like you have to throw it to someone of a different demographic than you each time you throw. Careful. And just see how <laughs> we could run with this. Okay. Um, the problem is you'd probably have to like wear labels and right. that gets a little fascist. Right. So, all right. Um, the, uh, but they're, they're playing this ultimate Frisbee and they're having fun and they're throwing the Frisbee, you know, to what end I never quite have fully understood, but they're running and smiling. And it's like football. Yeah. Um, I suppose, I don't know. And, uh, this kid comes out of the, the cafeteria, and uh, he must have been friends with some of the Ultimate Frisbee kids. And I don't know why I find this so funny, but this made my day. And they say, hey, so-and-so, and, -so. and I, I wish I would have listened to the name because uh, I would like to invite him on if we ever find out who this is because this, I feel, is a real hero. And um, they say, uh, come play Ultimate Frisbee with us, this game we're playing. you know. And uh, he, he said, I can't, I have a banana. <laughs> and... Uh, and they say, what are you talking about? <laughs> Come play with us. And he held it up high and proud and said, I have a banana. <laughs> and then he just uh, went on his way, I suppose, to his dorm or whatever. And I think if there's anything we could use in 2021, it's it's a banana, right? Think about how many areas of life that if we could just say, you know, John, you got something you don't want to do. It's late night. And you just could say, I can't. I have a banana. Right? I think that could be a meme. And like when something comes up that you don't want to be a part of, you just share it. So I would like us to keep in mind um, who I have taken to calling 
Banana Kid. And uh, so if I make any references in the future to Banana Kid, um, just remember him as a hero and beacon of of hope. Um, I think a good free-for-all at some point would be, what do you wish you had a banana for? Like, what could you just avoid? With that, Mike... <laughs> Unless you have anything to add, I, I think we can... This, uh, this show doesn't speak for our churches or church bodies or our employers. To be honest, much of the time it probably doesn't speak for us. I know that last part didn't speak for me. <laughs> we will be thinking out loud a lot. So approach what you hear with a healthy skepticism, because well, as a responsible resident of planet Earth, that's probably what you should generally do with almost everything. If you find yourself getting too worked up, tune out, look around, and realize you were just listening to a podcast. That's right, a podcast. So go live free, friends, and don't let us get in the way. You forgot to introduce the guests. Yeah, so I, I messed up the outline. And let's go ahead, um, as we enter into our free-for-all, we'll give the topic after we introduce our guests. Um, why don't we first introduce the uh, guest who uh, was too too good a guest, too important to wait for the introduction, um, who's already shared with us his wonderful pastoral voice. That would be... It's Hi, it's John Bordelin, St. John's McGuanago. The... Uh, John, this is, I think, the fourth part of the series you've joined us for, and a one-time, two-time, do you remember? At least twice, right? Yeah. We did the Augustine and uh, uh, Smith one. Yeah. I think you guys did one. Yeah, I was taken along with Benj on the the worship one. Those are some of our good ones. Um, So, two-time guest, I'll let you introduce yourself for us now. I'm Pastor Justin Clout from St. Luke's in Watertown, Wisconsin. And so, we've got a... We've got Milwaukee, we've got Watertown, and we've got McGuanago. We've got some old-fashioned, good-time Wisconsin here. And uh, the free-for-all, there's two options. Can I say something about Watertown for a second? I had a student today, I'm like, hey, where are you from? You know, going around, and uh, uh, this student was like, well, it was... Please don't insult Watertown if that's where you're going. <laughs> because I think we have a lot of listeners there. Yeah. So anyway, um, she's like, I was from down south, but then my family moved up to Watertown. And I'm like, well, why'd you do that? Did you like, like, like we want to go to Wisconsin. What's the most southern town in all of Wisconsin? <laughs> maybe they just, they wanted to find yeah. a bar. So then I said, I apologize to anybody from Watertown and from the south. And then we moved on. <laughs> Did I ever tell you about when I preached a sermon and I used Ohio as a... Uh, the stand in for hell. <laughs> I thought that I see it for Samaria. It was a no. It was just a. It was a toss away line meant as a joke because in Michigan, right? People don't like Ohio, and we had a visitor from Ohio. From Ohio, Ohio that day, brutal. and so. Uh, Did um, he get the joke? I don't know. I actually told them where the exit was, and uh, <laughs> no, um, they laughed. They laughed. Okay. Um, but it. Uh, then I learned. You shouldn't do stuff like that in sermons, and my preaching got better. Very good. Mm-hmm. When did you learn that? Huh? When did you learn that? I know. I that? didn't really learn it. <laughs> I, you got me. All right. Mike, do you agree, a dear friend Michael, um, that we give them both options and let them choose the free-for-all, or do you want to go with – you did, You thought this one might not be safe? No, I like your first option. Okay. Can I tell them at least what the second option Sure. The second option Mike doesn't think we should do is, as an old man, what body part is more important than you thought? you wish you had taken more care of right mm-hmm. apparently he thinks this will just lead to middle school anatomical giggling so yes okay i would um, say feet th- we're not going to start yeah. right. we'll save it and right. then we'll do okay. it down the road but you want to know why i say feet because how many times have you gone to a shut-in and and uh here she's like hey look at this and it's always like the foot mm-hmm. you know and you're like and then you go home, and you're like, I'm going to take you know, care of my feet. Do you know, Michael, there's three free-for-alls you've said Sorry. we can't do? Okay. Do you know what they are? Mm-mm. First? Mar- is marijuana legal? marijuana. Mar- yeah. um, which both Peter and I very much wanted to do. Yeah. Second, you favorite thing that gives you marijuana, cancer. or you wanted to do the free-for-all? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, the second would be... Um, What's favorite thing that gives you cancer? Yeah. Favorite thing that gives you cancer. 
and, and now, then, now favorite body, body part. part. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I stand by that I don't want to do those. So, Mike, why don't okay. you read the uh, the free-for-all topic, the other one, then? Okay. So we do. You have to combine two states to make the best state for your family for generations. So your, your family has to live there. Your family has to live there, and you get to pick two states, and you combine them, but they cannot be uh, – they cannot border geographically. And so, like, you might pick California – and that doesn't guarantee like California is where California is, but one characteristic of your state would be it is touches an ocean, right? Hmm. Um, or uh, you know, so it may get moved around a bit, but you're combining the climates essentially and getting some geographical features. Just, just the climates or the overall? Well, no, uh, the topography. Um, it'll have aspects of both. Um, the general, like what the main economy type thing is. The culture, I would even dare say maybe the, would you agree, Michael, the sports teams? Yeah, sure. Um, so, like, if I were picking Michigan, I would want to pick a, a strong NFL team to complement the Lions so maybe we win a playoff game at some point. Um, so I think that explains it well enough. <laughs> sure, sure I, think, I think I'll defer to the guy who, uh, once he retires, he's not worried about any of his body parts as he stands here. It looks like you just ran a marathon, <laughs> Justin. Yeah. Welcome. I rode my e-bike today. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of e-bike do you have? An Aventon level. Oh. That's how I've been getting to school. Huh. It, uh, I would talk about it for a long time, but that's actually there's four things you've told me not to talk about on the podcast. Yeah. And my e-bike would be one. Although Michael gave his students extra credit to get a picture of me on my bike last year. Yep. Um, and to my credit, because I was aware of this, they only got one picture and it was not a very good one. Well, this the the only, the only picture I have is is I got of him. I was there kind of oh, like nice. the Lord, and they just got my backside passing by. Yeah. So, how much assist do you have? Do you, uh, watts? you can adjust Does, it one to five. Do you know how many watts that is? I okay. have it written down, but I don't okay. know it off the top of my head. Wow. Okay, Justin, two states. Where are you going? I I don't have anything that isn't really boring. I, I would just pick. Boring the, is fine. I don't okay. know if you've listened to the podcast before. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> I, I would just pick the two states that I've lived in most recently. I would take Montana and I'd smash it up to Wisconsin, and you'd have the beautiful Rocky Mountains and the the laid back culture of Montana on this side, and then you'd have the the friendly people of Quick Trip and Watertown there right there. A lot there. of dairy products. You'd have dairy products right there to give you energy for hiking in the mountains and. Now, would that be a blue state or a red state if you combine those, do you think? I don't know Montan- Montana politics I enough. think Montana's small population would put it over to the red. Yeah, Mon- But don't Mon- they have a streak sometimes? Uh- Missoula was liberal. And Bozeman. I mean, the two university towns, which make up a good uh, share of the population. So you could be purple when you combine yeah. them. Because yeah, Wisconsin you is, you know, the popular vote is usually going to go to Democrat, but... It's gerrymandered enough that the Republicans can control the assembly. So yeah, and and you're right. Montana has f- like right around a million people, and how many Wisconsin's at six? I think six. So that would. That's not a bad population, though. No, yeah. that's almost like a Scandinavian type thing. Yeah. All right. Who wants to go next? <laughs> I'd go. Uh, I'd go Wyoming, Eastern Wyoming, and then then cut off the rest and add New York. <laughs> that's not an option. Yep. <laughs> you and take add the whole New York thing. and add New York. Well, I'm not going to go there, so. I don't have to go to every part of the state. So Eastern so Wyoming, Wyoming, I like the, I like the, for so same reason as you. So you're definitely a uh, blue state, blues Democrat, right? Yeah. So I, I just like the, I would like the big city of New York. Yeah, I'm in New York. And uh, I would, I like the, I like mm-hmm. the high country, the low humidity and the beauty of the open sky, big sky, something big sky and then big city. That's you what have I atrocious want. weather. Yep. That's okay. Yeah. I don't mind that. The uh, everywhere else is going to have more natural disasters, though. You just got to survive the winter. I feel like there's going to be a lot of hostility between some of the citizens too. No, because eastern they're used to they're used to uh, west and east coasters coming into western Wyoming. That's right. I read an article like Jackson Hole that Jackson the people oh, that work so. there can't even live there. Yeah. Because it, right. So there you go. Which is the bright American future. Right. I'm going with two places I used to live: Nebraska and Colorado. Um, you have no coastline. What's that? You have no coastline. Do I have to have a coastline? No, no I'm just saying. Why do you have to judge the two states I picked? Because I think states that don't border on water. Well, I'm not going to say what I was going to say. Okay, well, so Nebraska, I mean, 
And the, I mean, Mike mentioned the climate of Wyoming, but Colorado, and it's you know seventy degrees one day and twelve inches of snow the next day, and it's just beautiful. And I look at guys who like like hiking and stuff. I go, boy, if I lived in Colorado, I'd be in shape and like hike up those mountains and stuff. I'd do a bunch of fourteeners, but. But I wouldn't. But right. um, plus, if you put Nebraska and Colorado together, the old Friday after Thanksgiving rivalry, Nebraska mm-hmm. versus Colorado, was kind of a manufactured game. But uh, but they just really didn't like each other. Um, but they would have to in my state because yeah. they'd be together. And those that would be a great game these days. <laughs> All right, wait. <laughs> <laughs> um. I, really, I guess it borders on water. I really want California for climate and, and probably even some politics. Um, but uh, I'm nervous about falling in the ocean and burning. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take California, but I'm going to have to really um, – have some way to avoid fires if I'm importing the fires. I think you get a good diversified economy. Probably uh, try to um, incentivize the homeless moving to Nebraska or Colorado. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and go. I'll I'll go with a Homer move if we got to put out wildfires. Um, and I would I would probably combine Michigan, which would make it a very blue state. Mm-hmm. Um. But with a strong working class vibe too, so. And I think if you combine the Chargers and the Lions, you get two historically poor franchises that maybe could compete if they teamed up. And I'd have really good baseball. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I would also have. Mm-hmm. Oh, you didn't give yours yet, did you? I did already. Um, I would have the University of Michigan, which I would close. Mm-hmm. And uh, Michigan State and uh, USC would become like an annual rivalry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And college would be free at public colleges. Yeah. There would a lot of people clam- clamoring for that, Michigan State, USC. Yep. <laughs> All right, we'll be back for our main topic. our main topic which is really going to be a series of smaller topics and uh wade and wade really came up with this list but wade and i are going to co-host this and we're going to bounce ideas off our two uh pastors here pastor clout and pastor borderland they have not seen the experts for sure they wouldn't be on here if they weren't experts we don't just bring anybody on right you know Uh, what i didn't even think about (laughs) the grizzly bears and the dairy cows oh that could be a problem that actually would be interesting Sorry. Yeah. What if the dairy cow somehow evolved, like um, not evolved in an anti-Christian way? Okay. Just micro, micro evolution. Where did you you live in Montana? (laughs) Missoula. How big is Missoula? 80,000. How big is Watertown? (laughs) 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 But maybe the cows would develop some, they would become more buffalo-like. Were there Return more bars the in Missoula or Watertown? Watertown, yeah. but but both, both. If you look at those little <laughs> Facebook top drinking cities, you know they 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 both they're both up there. Really? Yeah. Hold their own. Sorry. Okay, so we're gonna we have we have a list of things that they don't know are coming their way, and we're gonna go back and forth. So we'll we'll have our own thoughts and too. And some but of these, if they do well, could become episodes. Absolutely, I think one that down the road one we think we can will return to. Will will become an episode and bring back. Yeah. Um, there's one, one especially. Mike even said, Justin would like this one. <laughs> so there's a, l- a little bit of pressure with that okay, one. Okay, you go first, Wade. Are you sure? Yep, you well, made I the would list. like to thank you for that opportunity. Um, I, I don't want to start first just um, in the order they are there. I want, I want to be rebellious. Um, so I'm going to say, What's the part of a liturgy you mess up most often and why? Like in seminary, guys would forget the benediction. And remember, we had one friend, and I won't say his name, 
but who couldn't remember the benediction and then he wrote it on his hand, but then he sweated. Is it sweated? Is that past tense? Yeah. He swat so he much that uh, it, it blurred. And he, he said something like, oh, forget about it. And just walked off. An embarrassment. Um, but uh, is there a particular part of the liturgy that you think uh, you stumble over most often? Is there a, is there a reason? My answer would be the Eucharistic prayer because it's not Lutheran. Hmm. But It will be in the new hymnal. Mm. Yeah, it will be, yeah. Lu- it will be Lutheran. But if, if putting someone in the new hymnal made them Lutheran, <laughs> huh, we'd have bigger hymnals. Because you'd have to fit in them. Right? A human being's bigger than a, a hymnal. Do you do the liturgy, or do you have guys who do that for you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we we do do the liturgy. Michael, do you have one? I gave I gave an answer. Uh the sermon. I was gonna say the sermon, but uh, oh, that's a good one. Uh, um, I think I equally messed up everything, so I don't. I don't know that I have one that. I think I, the prayer of the church is where I usually stumble and yeah, yeah. you're probably right. That would probably be my number one. You're yeah. probably not. You know, you're not really. Actually, I would say uh, individual intercessions. Yeah. Like, you're so worried about That's butchering the name that yeah. you butcher the name and you butcher the whatever. Yeah. That one's the most difficult. Even if I have it prepped. Those are good ones, Michael. Yeah, okay. You guys? That's good. All right. Okay. Uh, my turn? Yep. Uh, something intellectual you wouldn't have predicted that you are in now. Is that what you meant? They're into now. Like, so you're by intellectual, into I just mean it's not like I'm into woodworking. But like a, it could be a topic could be novels it could be a certain doctrine but just something now at this point in life uh i just say intellectual because it doesn't have to be religious even but maybe it is that i didn't think about like you when I was didn't see yourself yeah when you were younger or when you were starting on ministry you wouldn't have thought hey that's something i would kind of get into studying yeah, I, or doing i would say financial side of things like in, investment so I just thought it would be there. So, I would say hermeneutics, linguistics, interpretation, stuff like that. It's just somewhat interested in it, but it's just become more and more of an interest over the years. Yeah, I, you know, it's, I could s- see where, like, that was boring. Okay, we got the rules of her- yeah. hermeneutics. But when you start thinking, especially, like, you thinking in terms of philosophy and postmodernism, then you start hearing this word in a different context. What is a hermeneutic of suspicion or hermeneutic of power? And then you start thinking, oh, this is something that's, it's one of those things where this maybe obscure theological or philosophical thing, all of a sudden you understand it and you see it everywhere. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I was, I was getting really interested in apologetics and was really <laughs> honing up my reading. I thought I might get to speak sometime on a stage about apologetics, but I didn't get to. You guys, did you ever speak <laughs> no, about apologetics? Not, not that I remember. No? No. <laughs> Mike? No. I but, Actually, that, that was one that I didn't, I didn't think that I would be interested in. So that's what I would answer. I knew I'd be interested in, like, liturgy. I knew I was interested in, like, philosophical kind of questions in history. Um but not uh, apologetics. What about you, Wade? Um, I, I should have thought about it since I wrote it. You know, getting back to finances, Bitcoin's kind of interesting, too. <laughs> Speaking of that, we yeah. found out that our for our Senate pension plan. Bitcoin? We might get, uh, you know, instead of the pension, we'll yeah. get to invest. And uh, I believe I told you when that came up, or at least Jason, that uh, I plan to just sink it all into uh, Bitcoin and um Amps or no the GameStop. Yeah, I don't think Trisha has given you like the passwords and stuff for your finances, so I'm, I'm confident that you're not going to be able to do that. Um, I actually, I save our passwords and she doesn't. Okay. So I actually know the password to get. Would it. you know how to like buy and sell stuff? Not really, but I've heard about this Robinhood app. All right. Um, so well, what are you into now that you didn't think you would be intellectually? I would say um, more into philosophical stuff than I would have thought. We didn't have a lot of it. Um, when I, you know, I didn't do a lot of philosophy going through um, with education. And I think via both history and theology, not, ne- not necessarily like I just want to sit and read Kant, but I mean like 
um, just intellectual history is yeah, yeah I kind of, kind of core philosophical stuff that I find myself more and more like going like it, I really should try to understand this if I'm gonna well give an example I, we, let's try to beef this up I think it'd be well I think even stuff like philosophy of religion you know that um, I think coming from history as well like you know to look at um, and I think some of this has come out in even the American losing its mind thing um, well, maybe I shouldn't even just say sociology, philosophy, like just kind of the what's behind like whatever the trend is. Maybe that culture is not the perfect word, but you're sort of thinking about culture there. Right. Yeah. Like what are the big thoughts, but also what are the. Um, the social imaginary to coin yeah. the Charles Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. I think more. And maybe that's just part of getting older, you know, that you think more about it and you, but you're, you see something new and you just go. Okay, this isn't coming from nowhere. Right, but you're in a hist- That's why I think you and I, for sure, are historians at heart. Probably, like yeah. But I would say, like, definitely, when I going into history and even doing historical theology, I was definitely before, but more like just interested in like the narrative and the data. Like, this is what happened. Right. You know, whatever. but I think in your in history, you you are inevitably going to ask the question, why? Yeah. Right. So I gave and a so, bad answer. Like, so you were going in history and then. Surprise yourself that I'm you would be. I'm embarrassed sufficiently, no, yeah. Michael. It wasn't a good answer. No, it was good. <laughs> I was, I was, I was uh, complimenting you and piggybacking you. But I just saying, think the philosophy side. I even think, and this might relate to another question that comes later. Um, maybe like in in more modern Lutheranism, there's almost this like snide kind of attitude towards philosophy, almost of like we we do theology not. And I think some of that maybe fitting with apologetics is how we would um, we kind of sometimes had a, a very one sided approach to reason. Right, maybe coming through, and I think that's changed with even more people are doing apologetics. So what I mean is kind of that, like, the contextual, what's going on that's not the thing that's going, that's bigger than the thing that's going on, you know? doesn't have to be theology or history even, just like, right. why is this song now popular? Like, how did we get to, you know, this level lyrics or whatever, and this, like, what influence that music or i mean it can be a broad thing but I'll say something along those, maybe not along those lines but uh like the history i got into like the history of cities we talked about this a couple uh years ago your campus read had something to do with rental stuff evicted yeah and that was i was that was the stuff i was reading on vacation you know how did certain regions and neighborhoods in milwaukee wind up yeah. how they did wind up and then that's a good one. chicago that's where my dad's family comes from detroit my mom's family and you know that's just been interesting. You know every oh. every city has that story. So even Jason Dale, even Jason yes. Dale. And where you're you're not aware of Jason Dale yet. I, I saw it <laughs> in passing. And maybe our vis- our listeners, I should say, uh, don't do the winging it series, but just for the sake of finding out about Jason Dale, you should check the last one, which is and it's not a long one to listen issue to. Issue forty seven. I'm I'm pulling that up right now. Uh, not issue. What do we say, Michael? I don't remember what you Session. Were. Session 47. Session 47. All right. So your turn to pick another one. Something delegated to the pastor that really shouldn't be. And I don't mean like that changing light bulbs and stuff. What I mean is like catechism instruction. Hmm. Right? That, that the pastor should be teaching, but ideally Luther gives the catechism to be taught in the home. Right, and it's not really necessarily happening there. Is why it gets taken over by pastor. Now, if you want to go that and not make it strictly that, if I mean, if you're really upset with changing a light bulb or something, that's fine. Um, so, that's just an example with catechism. But the question in general is something delegated to the pastor that really shouldn't be, or maybe just need not be. Yeah, yeah, shouldn't be is a maybe stronger that I want to go with this, but. I think, um, and you shouldn't be envious of uh, others' ministries or how they're able to carry out their ministry, um, but the parishes that have like a cantor, you know, someone who's been uh, far better one, yeah. trained mm-hmm. in that area where I feel like I am just always pulling from not very deep knowledge but want it done well, I think what is well, but I don't have the expertise in that area that... That would be an area I would go to. Yeah, I'm hoping That's to see in answer. our future, like, there's, we produce, like, Parish musicians. like, if you, okay, we need to add somebody to the staff that's going to plug some holes, you might as well get somebody who's going to bring some musical talent and 
I, I had a friend who wanted to rename the canter the shouldn'ter. <laughs> For most pastors, I think that's that's probably a good name. Who wants to be the, the shouldn'ter? Who wants to be the shouldn'ter? <laughs> you got something? Um, well, I I certainly enjoy going on visits, home visits, and hospital visits, and uh, any any kind of visit there is shut-in visits. But I think, especially John, you and I being pastors of larger churches realize you can't possibly visit everyone and people aren't getting visited by fellow Christians as often as they should be to, to somehow delegate that, you know, pastor still goes around and visits, but to get more lay people involved in visiting each other and, and caring for each other would be, uh, um, you know, the visit still counts if it's not the pastor visiting you. All right. That's, yeah. they gave two good answers so far, Mike, and I'm going to, I'm going to open it up from, so we're definitely not shouldn't, but need not. And it can be something, that the pastor actually does do somewhat, like you'd still be doing music and visiting. But I, th- I like where this has gone, and I think both uh, those I, could be episodes. Can, yeah, can I pick, uh, maybe just to Justin's, like, I mean, in the ancient church on Sunday morning, the consecrated elements would be taken to the sick and dying. You know what I mean? And some of those things are like, there's ancient solutions to some of these mm-hmm. things. This right? going to be a presidium issue, yeah. isn't it, wherever yeah. you're going with this? We're going to get into the doctrine of the ministry, right? right. Yeah, but I'm not saying they have to do that. I'm just saying that on Sunday afternoons, there was, we go see the... Set. I'm just going to say I'm fine with how we do it. Yeah. Okay. If, it if the presidium is listening. Okay. <laughs> He's dropping. All right. Go ahead, Wade. No, Are I, we done? Should we go to my turn? No, I, I cut you off. You were, you were trying to say that lay people should be consecrating the elements and <laughs> community uh, people in their home, right? I thought that was... Why would but, I get in trouble from that? even better than that? in their home virtually. Why would I get in trouble from that from the Wisconsin Senate? <laughs> okay. All right. Moving on. Uh, your most, most influential theologian or book, and I want, can I expand this a little bit, where it, it can be like, this was the right book at the right time. Like, so you're looking back, and there's certain authors where I say, that was the, that, he's not like, you know, if, you wouldn't do this, but top 10 theologian in, in, that has influenced me, but that was the right book at the right time. And also, um, if I were to answer the last question, which I didn't get an opportunity, oh, go ahead. I would say uh, um, if we're following the trend of need not, but it would be really good to have help with, um, obviously I'm not going to pick catechism because that was the example. I think counseling, oh. I think it would be really fun. We already have some, but I think, you know, um, that uh, maybe like that ministry of encouragement type thing, but also maybe um, if a parish is big enough to have someone who is trained um, because uh, that's not to say there shouldn't be pastoral counseling, but to me, pastoral counseling is the stuff that can ultimately or should ultimately um, finish in confession and absolution. And I, I know I had, and I'm guessing you guys had, sometimes stuff where you go, I need to write this, there's more here than I can. And so I think, um, you know, we have Wisconsin Lutheran Child and Family Services, which is great. I don't, and, you know, um, but to have even something built into the parish maybe would, um, would be, I think, that, that does happen with Christian family solutions. That they have someone assigned to yeah. a parish? Or it works out of a parish. Oh, really? Yeah. It, it's interesting as you just had that conversation, and just I have been talking about this in a different setting, about just each parish has its own story and things that go, does well and things that it, it doesn't do well. And Ooh. yeah, Archivist would be, the pastor often ends up being the guy who knows where the records are, but hmm. each church having someone who... That would be a good one. Very good. All right, you guys. You guys are being helpful. We got some episode ideas so far. All right. Um, Do you feel used? <laughs> so how about this? Are they even recording this? No. <laughs> well, you are recording it. The red light is not on. <laughs> um, that might be good. <laughs> <laughs> so most influential theologian or book? Go ahead, John. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> Um, most helpful. I, I'm going to key off something you said. Helpful at or the right. Influential, you said. Influential, right? helpful. helpful at the right time. I'm going to go back to earliest years in ministry and um, every summer um, having three or four days uh, to sit in a sweaty music room at Nebraska Lutheran High School with um, sainted professor uh, Arnold Kelpine. That's and just some of the things, and relatively unknown, I think, not unknown, that's the wrong term, but 
he taught teachers in our church body for under you know, 50 under years. appreciated yeah uh, and re- so, unrec- under recognized yeah so i think back to some of the some of the topics that we would plow through summer after after summer and so so yeah most influential theologian no but right at the right time and it just seemed like every super year opened so super kind helpful and then and then fun you know teaching team teaching with his son the last few years yeah. and that was just when a, uh while you're having beers after the 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 sessions in uh, nebraska can tell you stories about studying in uh was it marburg or or Langen. right and uh you know oh i remember sasa's theology of the cross not like uh as a book he read later but like you know and, and was it was it one was it one summer that he had half the floor and professor Deutschleiter had half i think that half the time that was a good one i think that was that was we in were Omaha. in that in the high school when you walk in and you go right it was right to the right i think that right, was that yeah but i think when they, those two team taught that was in in omaha yeah so um that's my answer I'm sticking to it i would say for ancient or early fathers Maybe this shows I'm a one-trick pony, but Augustine. And I would agree with you. For I listened to a podcast on that one. Did you? <laughs> Is it Augustine or Augustine? You said it the right way. Don't worry. <laughs> and and for our you know men that we stood beneath and listened to, definitely I think Deutschlander. Just uh, I think week after week I come back to trying to look at a text with fresh eyes, like I've never read it before. In, instead of just reading it how I, I think I should read it or within the stream of all of the baggage that's surrounding that text, but just saying, what what is this text? And, and he was, that that was really one of his gifts. You know, when he'd do his Mark lectures or, or whatever, he just kind of looked at it afresh, but still respecting the stream of theology that had come before him and now I have because of you guys I have one in synod name and then one out of synod name right non wells or whatever so I'm gonna toss it back first John is there anybody that comes to mind for you that that isn't um, wasn't part of um, our college or seminary or necessarily our synod that also comes to mind. I think Bo Geertz was really helpful to me um, time and again. In fact, one of my kids said, why do you read the same book <laughs> every summer? You know, the Hammer of God is one yeah. that I return to um, every year. Um, Pastor John Stelter, if he's listening, would criticize me for saying Geertz. He he says it has to be Geertz. He's the only guy I've ever heard call him Bo Geertz. But, uh, yeah, so I'll go with Bo Geertz. Michael? Uh, I, I'll get two fruity books that were – Timely for me, theology is for proclamation, and Someone on being writing a blog post now. On being a uh, theologian of uh, the cross, I would get Hal Sank Piles. The Power of Forgiveness was the right book at the right time for me. Vin Green, Luther on vocation, and I wrote down Hammer of God too. Besides your Luther and all that kind of Did stuff. Did you say anybody in the system stands out, or in the wells? Um, for as for books. Um, oh no, for theologian. Yeah, I think um, I think uh, we already mentioned Arnold Kelpine. I mean, he was. Yeah. I mean, he. I, I would even put him. He he would be my number one choice by far, just because he was able to say things so clearly that we just were not spoken about. Like he's like, well, of course you know about the two kinds of righteousness and vocation and the theology of the cross, and we're like, no, nobody ever said that to us. Yeah. You know what I mean. And and he just, you could tell that he had thought through that already. And that was just part of his vernacular. That, that stuff's part of our vernacular between us. It was his vernacular as well, but it was not always the vernacular of everybody else around us. Well, good. I would go so uh, he was not as pastoral as Deutschlander, because Deutschlander was a pastor first. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, I think Arnold was certainly, we would all agree, underutilized. Yeah, and I would I would for my synodical in house. Um, obviously, uh, you can tell there's commonalities here. I would say Professor Deutschlander would be high up there, and then Professor Kelpine in a different way because once again we encountered him in pastoral ministry, not in college. Um, but I would say uh, um, Deutschlander would very would be very high on the list, especially coming into MLC as someone very newly confirmed. 
um, in the Lutheran faith, I thought uh, he both humiliated me and encouraged me um, in very helpful ways <laughs> uh, he, to make he, me He Lutheran. grabbed onto you and didn't let go. Yeah. Um, Can I say... I, I want to add a second and send it first, and I think you might have thoughts on this one, so I'll, and I don't want to embarrass him, so I'm not going to say much about him. I would say as far as someone who I found extremely helpful for kind of encouraging guys to be to continue thinking after some um to care about the brotherhood um to do an honest kind of get to the point the theologian on the cross says what a thing is kind of guy would be a phil hirsch if i can throw a living guy out there who helped put together the nebraska stuff we did um sitting having a beer with with my friends and, and phil i would put uh he uh Guy and got the bondage of the will in a very helpful way, I think, for us. So um, we wouldn't have spent that time with Kelpie and partly without. Yeah, and second that and third that. I was going to go someone outside of our circles to a specific topic for pastoral ministry, uh, the absolution. Um, and, and maybe part of it is just listening to him speak about it as uh, James Nestigan. I mean, there's just so many uh, recordings, different th- stuff he's done in Norway around 15, 17 stuff. And I just, whenever I stumble across that, it's just. I mean, that is, that is shaped how I've taught that part of the, the catechism course and, and pastoral practice as well. So, If the if there, if there were going to be an official audio recording of the catechisms, I think it should have to be his voice as well. <laughs> yeah. um, just to be a voice. I would say my out of synod um, theologian or book, I think um, Herman Sasa in a lot of ways, um, especially regarding um, the Lord's Supper um, and... Uh, um, scripture, it, yeah. yeah. Well, and somewhat on scripture, yeah, because yeah, he comes yeah. around and he really he he's warning against some legitimate <laughs> transies in, in the um, battle of the Bible stuff. Yeah, and I I think helpful on that, and I think also um, the fact that he um, navigated everything he did. I mean, he was very involved ecumenically, but it's also a guy who ends up um, kind of with no for sure home right and i think that's interesting and fascinating that kind of lonely way <laughs> idea as you guys are scribbling furiously here on this episode that's not being recorded um for every one of these topics do you also think about like the other side like like the least helpful book that you've ever read or um, <laughs> like things that you wanted to delve into intellectually and you came up and like nah that's not that is an that interesting fun. one i mean what what book that took you down a, the wrong path that you had to pull yourself back up from. That'd be interesting. Prayer of Jabez? <laughs> I think I, I do. Think, I, I don't want to. I think some would be maybe stuff um, we even read in class. And so right, I'd have been, to think about better, it. And you'd benefit from it too. So. Right. Yeah. I mean, we've been, I mean, partly you're exposed to stuff that you're purposefully not supposed to be fond of. Um I don't want to pick any of the the, the fad was, books like Purpose Driven Life or whatever, but um, I would almost say it, maybe not a book, but as far as um, types of books, um, maybe stuff that earlier in my ministry that I got a little bit too down the rabbit hole, I would say even maybe with some views of... Uh, um, hyper liturgical type stuff you know to where stuff that i'm still grateful for and i i want the western right you know as deutschner would sometimes say you know give me the mass then i can go home um but where some things almost became a law about uh and maybe didn't always understand that our people are you know, real people, and were, maybe were, you you bring re- them along. were you really about the gospel there? Right. Yeah, I, I would, Do you know what I I'm saying? Say, and I don't I want to call say, anything I would, specifically, but I would, I would second that. <laughs> it was re- refreshing to hear coming out from a. We're purposely going to be anti-intellectual, anti-art, anti-all these things. To it's a f- breath of fresh air to read some of these guys, but a- after a while, you you wonder if it was really, if they really had the gospel first and foremost always yeah right there's there's a lack of pastoral tact let's put it that way um but but that's not to say that they weren't beneficial right and definitely not the worst in the sense of poorly written or i didn't learn anything but if we meant from the sense of probably impacted my ministry like like this was the greatest thing ever and then after a while you're like "Mm, i can see the flaws in that right okay 
Very good. Uh, your turn to pick one. Okay, what are we at time-wise? Just so I know. We got forty-four. We are at forty-four minutes. So we got time. I don't care about time, but I know you do, Michael. So I think we'll do this, and then we might want to get to whatever you you, you thought mm-hmm. there was the important one. I think hidden church versus invisible church is its own episode. So I'm not going to throw that one out now. But that is a question to think about, and if you guys are interested, and we can record another time on, um, would be. What do we gain by maybe think of the hidden church as opposed to the in- invisible church? Um, let me see. Best non-ministry thing you've done that has improved your ministry. So it's not theological, religious. It's not directly ministry related, um, but it has in some way improved your ministry. Your soul ministry all it the time. It could be, right, you you took up um, fitness stuff to be in better shape. It could be. Yeah, that was my, that was my go-to. <laughs> yeah. It could be, you know, <laughs> you, you got about. into some craft that helped, you know, you stay fresh and keep yeah. your mind sharp. Well, I'll just say this is on my mind. Um, the thankful for the opportunity to um, engage with brothers, uh, sometimes for quote-unquote nothingness you know whether it's a round of early morning golf on a monday or meeting up for a cup of coffee and and just really thankful for different people the lord has brothers in the ministry that i I noticed you pointed at mike but not me when you said that um i'm just waving my hands you even kind of pointed at justin um made eye contact with you um just different people uh who probably have some very different thoughts about ministry even, but just benefited from those conversations and the ongoing conversations with a wide range of people. I think that has been a, I, I know that's been a benefit for me. So, And I, I would say learning to be alone and enjoying time being alone. And that, that probably happened, you know, as part and parcel of being in Montana where you spend a lot of time just hiking alone mountain biking and, and really cherishing that. And I don't think I ever, ha- I, I, I didn't appreciate that at all before the ministry. I think I thought I always needed people around me or I need to be talking to people, but really just enjoying being alone. And, and sometimes you go on a, a long bike ride just because you're alone. I, I like that. I, I think one that I would pick, and it's not specific to anything necessarily, um, but I would say, it's something that I've found maybe in grad school, even in coaching, um, having, developing friendships um, with people that have nothing to do with me being a pastor or sharing even a um, a common denomination or faith with them. Uh, so, you know, um, when I was in Michigan, uh, getting friends who just knew me as fellow student or someone else who was on campus um, I think the aspect with that with coaching sometimes would be, um, you know, with fellow coaches or others that you um, you get to know and you make those friendships in the community. Um, I mean, that could be out being on the Little League board, you know, or whatever else. Um, those things also come sometimes with negatives, right? Uh, um, but uh, in that, I would say, like, the coaching side, you're dealing with parents or, you're, you know, whatever else. But um, – but I think those friendships that are not that if that person turned to me with a sincere religious that I wouldn't be there for them. I just mean that it wasn't like the it wasn't what the friendship was based on. And it wasn't like anything that was enough on their radar that it impacted our friendship. You know, like they they didn't act differently around me because of it. In, in both Nebraska and here, I just thank the Lord for neighbors that I've had uh, for that exact relationship um, it also kept you from being alone yeah right because because <laughs> the one time i was outside and i saw that bike and i'm like i probably should go ride it and be alone and my neighbor came and talked to me instead <laughs> <laughs> i just thank the lord that i never rode that bike ever ever so i was just like if i'm in montana i'm like i'm probably like that's a mountain i probably should go hiking up but forget that <laughs> but the funny thing in montana you actually that's where you find people too it's yeah. like out hiking alone oh, like yeah. oh hey yeah hey john hopefully it's not like the guy that was on like a, a criminal minds episode was based on or something though <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, all right ready did you answer that one no i would add those are all good answers i would add uh forcing myself to read um magazines 
um, newspaper articles, novels, that kind of stuff. We talk about like stuff before. you read for the articles. Well, I mean, non-theological Magazines stuff. that you read for the articles. Yeah, things. that's yeah. right. Okay. Uh, it's my turn. Uh, real quick one. <laughs> I'm, impl- I'm implying. Yeah. The Bible um, class you wish you would have taught by now. Which you don't now. look at, by the way. I don't want you to lose your ministry. The, bi- <laughs> the Bible class you wish you would have taught by now. Oh, we're going to do more than one more then? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like you would wish you would have had an opportunity so to the- teach it, or you wish, like, because you're interested in the thing, or you wish, like, you would have been... A- like, let's say, before the pandemic, you wish you would have done, like, a Bible study on the pandemic. On, a pan- oh. on pandemics, which is an extreme example. I don't mean, but, you know. I, I wish I would have had <coughs> someone who had written a book on vocation. Have, have done, have, have done, I wish that person. And, and, and you could get it where, in audio format where they read it to you. <laughs> <laughs> or they come to your congregation, they teach a six-part Bible study yeah. for you on that. Yeah. That would yeah. be wonderful. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to say, it's, uh, I wish I would have done more church history stuff. I didn't, I didn't really do. Study? I didn't really do any church mm-hmm. history stuff. I seen Revelation. Yeah. <laughs> Proverbs. Wade, what were you, what uh, Bible class did you wish you would have done when you were still a real pastor? Um, I think I would have liked to do one on, um. To, I would have liked to have covered more, uh, not church and state, and and not necessarily um, politics, but uh, I don't know what good way to say it. How to like something on where one's Christianity, how to demarcate where Christianity ends and something else begins. And I think that could be, I don't mean that just politically. Um, and maybe it basically would have been a Bible study on idolatry or, or you know what I wish I would have done? Second commandment. Uh, really, I've taught on the second commandment, commandment, but I'd love to do a series on that. <laughs> because I think a lot of those things can be second commandment Like you're using the, you're using the name of God to promote your thing. Is that yeah. kind of a, in a nutshell? Yeah. Yeah. You guys were talking about possibly doing a Bible class on the Augsburg Confession with the, with the right group. Mm-hmm. Have either of you written a Bible class on the Augsburg Confession or well, come I across one? I had a shorter one that I used good. in the parish for Catholic uh, people who were coming into Lutheranism from Roman Catholicism. You yeah. still have it? I've yeah. written the definitive have course on the Augsburg have Confession. You? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. The, the uh, definitive. <laughs> I mean, it was definitely like me putting images in an uh, old computer and not really understand how it works, but... Uh, <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, and I think, um, you know what, that would be another, a good thing. I, I think I did some Bible studies on the book of Concord and some like Lutheran books, especially, you know, MPH or CPH. Um, it would have been really fun to do one on theologians whose name you hear, hmm. but you don't really know. And they could be both positive and negative. Like here's like a series on, um, Carl Barth. Like and why is it? And you could really get into the gospel, but then also like one that's like, you know, um, I don't Joel Osteen, <clears throat> or you know. But I think I don't think we do a lot that's on people that they otherwise wouldn't engage. And I actually have them read parts of stuff, you know, the real scandalous Excellent. stuff, but some good stuff too. Do you want another one, or can I go? Or I'm gonna like to I'm gonna pick one. Go ahead. For you, this gotcha. is the one I think you want to ask. Yeah. And so, uh, is this this is nice of me to do, right? Yep. Okay. Um. This is. Tell me if this is not the one you wanted, but I think it is. What is more American than Christian, and maybe not even all that American? Like what? It, that what, sounds like a riddle. <laughs> like what? What amongst our people? Like um, they think is Christian, but is actually American. Here's an example. Yeah. Our people in former Synodical Conference yep. churches tend to get like abortion is an issue, and mm-hmm. um, you know, there's very strong like pro-life type thing. Um, but, like, what would be maybe some stuff that our people almost take for granted as Christians that's really more American than Christian? And even for bonus points, if you can show it's not even all that American. For instance, what I had in my head, you know, there's some people who will say, and we're not going to go, don't let me make a full tangent of this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to offend some people. Mm-hmm. Uh, there might be some people who would say, like, public health policy. 
is mm-hmm. neither biblical nor American. Now, you can insert whatever you want for public health policy. I'm not going to go further than that right now because we're, at one point we're going to have a rant episode. Mm-hmm. Mike just winds me up. Mm-hmm. Um, gives me a pabst. And I go. Um, but like then you're kind of like, well, actually, Leviticus talks about quarantine and even face masks. And lepers were in leper colonies. And when Jesus healed them, he said, go show yourself to the priest, which was the mechanism for making sure they weren't going to be contagious. Um, and like the founding fathers right at the start had to deal with a smallpox epidemic hmm. and instituted, you know, public health measures where you'd go like, that's not very, so your argument, now that doesn't mean someone has to agree on what public health measures should be, but like where someone just goes in boldly assuming it's Christian and American where you go, maybe, maybe it's, it's not, no. it's either. I mean, I, I, we've said this before that, that we're. The average person sitting in the pews, at least in my parish, and I would say this to them, and I think they, they would agree, is that you're more American than you are Lutheran, and that's not very American, because American is supposed to be like you're allowed to put your religion at least first, you know, in certain circumstances. Right. And just think in, in American terms about freedom, think in American terms about ethics, think in American terms about um, work, um, and a lot of different things, and not saying those are bad things. We're just saying that those get conflated with Christianity and then it's hard to tell because they haven't maybe done their research. They don't know where did that come from American Christianity. And like you said, some of the stuff is just, it's actually not really American either. Right. Right. You know what, you know what, another one that I think could fall in both categories and I won't expound on it, but I'll just throw it up for now. Chicken sandwiches. All right, um, Justin and John, what do, you, what do you got there? What do you what do you think about something that, without being, we don't have to be controversial. You can if you want to, but just something to think I wasn't, about. I would behave there. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I would say tagging off of yours probably unbridled individualism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, That's right. It, and I I think too with the whole structure of of the way we run church governance. Oh yeah, is yep. very American, yep. and and sometimes we create problems by the way we yeah. I've had pastors stand up and say like, "This is the the right as if it came from Leviticus chapter whatever." I'm like, "No, that's you're you're taking your American democratic context and putting it on the church, and that's fine, but don't don't claim that this was <laughs> the eleventh commandment: Thou shalt have a voters assembly." Am I right? And even yeah. is it all that American when, like, the first thing we did when we started American was, like, work together to win a war? Yeah. You know, it's kind of a communal thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we, like, wrote a common document. Or, and it's not really, and or just, it's it's not actually a democracy, but, a, you know. <laughs> right. Or, or, right? So there's, I think there's just a lot of, we could, this is a bigger topic than maybe Side note, have you become more or less in favor of democracy as you've gotten older. I say more in as a concept, or, but less in the other. No, just in, in any context. Yeah. I would say, like, in principle, the ideal, I've become more, like, because I don't want to be, like, communist China. But in, like, reality, I look at a lot of people and go, like, they shouldn't be able to vote. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> How long have you been out of the parish for? <laughs> uh, John, John, what do you think? Well, you I, what Justin said, I'm right there with. I was... Uh, just saying something simple as far as the yeah you know you know they're trying to get prayer out of our public school you know mm-hmm. um yeah that's a that's a one that you think would be very christian you're like no i think actually maybe you can make the case for the exact opposite right. of that i've right. often yeah. thought that um if i ran a public school like the first week i would have like a huge prayer ceremony to like some random like crazy ancient near eastern god right. but i wouldn't do it believing it it would just be an object to lesson. make a point. Just so everybody would be like, "Oh, that's terrible. We shouldn't have." I always thought that was schools. kind of weird. Like, like you, you don't trust the government to do anything, right? But you want them to lead your child in a theological action. Just doesn't make sense. Well, and this came up. I was talking to someone today, um, and because the issue came up of like things supposedly the government's trying to do, and I was just like, "Have you driven on the roads?" Like a, a basic task of government is to maintain the roads, like. I think the real high-level stuff, I, I don't think they really could pull off. 
<laughs> like, like, so you're talking there. There's, maybe there's not always like a dark conspiracy going on. I think I saw a homeless guy sleeping in a pothole when I was biking to work yeah. today. Yeah. And there was no way he would have got run over. It was deep enough. I have been picking up a, a fellow student of Noel's. I thought you were going to say you've been picking up a homeless no. guy. This would have been a great story. So I've been driving. Um, I've been driving instead of my very nice freeway around all the mess. I've been having to drive Getting on to 70 drive six, 76th Street. And uh, I think about you every day when I my my suspension is getting worse and worse and worse because they really don't. Uh, you know what's nice? It used roads. to be the worst was 60th. 60th is still the worst for me getting um, called homophobic slurs while bicycling mm-hmm. um, and being told to uh, get on the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. To which you know what I say to that is side what? Right. And then they say sidewalk. <laughs> Yeah. And then they get much angrier at me. Right. I, um, I, but 76th is um, rough. 84th is rough. Yeah. 60th is, has made some improvements. Yeah. Though. They even have like a just a painted bike lane, not like separated or anything, which really I think helps the drivers focus on like if you want to hit a bicyclist, right. you do it in this area. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I think you should have your own paths away from the rest of us. Do they have painted right bike lanes road, in Watertown yet or no? I haven't seen no. one yet. You know how the bike lanes no. are painted in Watertown, like this. <laughs> <laughs> they, the podcast cannot see your hands. Wade is waving all over the place. A curvy motion, yeah. not not a straight motion. Okay. Um, did John? Did you? Oh, you said the American thing. Did yeah. you have one, or did you kind of already said it? Yeah, we kind of said that. We're we're good. Um, we get maybe time for a quick hitter. Bonus question: More banana kid or less? What does America need? <laughs> More. He walked out. If if your story is true, it is very true. They walked out of the cafeteria. Hey, join us. I got a banana. And they no, join us. And then he held up the banana. Yes. And then yeah. then walked. Yeah, that's okay. more yeah. of that. Hundred percent. Yeah. Did it have to be a banana? No, I think it could be. It could be that was the wonderful thing about it is there's no reason it had to be a banana. Like there's no connection between I can't play this sport. Because I'm holding because right, he could have picked like I have a you know I got an umbrella. a pumpkin yep. yeah because I got to carry this pumpkin with two I hands. got an umbrella I can't <laughs> leave my umbrella down did the game uh, keep... I think it should be a, a food still. did the game keep going yeah they just kind of accepted it after he reiterated it the second time were people like yeah, yeah. okay yeah uh, you know what I want to do next faculty meeting walk out of it and say just like, like sit I got be a like banana. oh I forgot I can't be here <laughs> I've got a banana. Uh, we haven't had a live faculty meeting in a very long we time. We have like a dead poet society moment, and like say I can't be here, I have a banana, and then like you stand on a table and you say, "I have a banana <laughs> no, too." <laughs> I have the banana. Okay, it'll. We should do. We should do some theatrics because we haven't had a live faculty meeting in a very long right. time. A very long time. Okay, we're at time, so uh, I think this was fun. We hope that uh, you, dear listener, thought it was fun too. And um, hey, if not. You're free to turn us off <laughs> <It's a little laughs> because late, this is uh, you know, this is a podcast. Do what you want. I would want. like to thank our guests. Yep. Thank you for Justin Clout and uh, John Bordelin too. Is uh, that what you thought? So what you thought we were going to do today? No, no, <laughs> yeah, no. To, uh, that was great. Who uh, has fun. spent their, by the way, these are hard, two hardworking guys. Uh, the only time we can meet was like 830 at night. So on a, on a what day is today? On a Tuesday. On a Tuesday. So hardworking guys so but they're preaching the gospel so that people can live free so we hope that you will come back um and listen to another episode until then my friends let the bird fly Another round, another round, one more round won't get me down.